0: I just want to start by saying that my pronouns are he, him, she. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I have no issue with anyone uh-huh. referring to me as a girl um, because I think that I've taken control over the word or anything yeah. that, that was negative, you know, attached, a, a negative attachment to it. Um, it's just not me. Uh, I love it. You call me what you want. If I'm girl, I'm sis, I'm that. I, <laughs> I love I it. There's, there auntie. is no auntie. <laughs> Auntie, call me Auntie. Look, I'm your Auntie. If you need me to be your Auntie, young ones, I will be your Auntie. It's not a problem. Uncles, yes. too. I don't care.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm here with a very, very special guest. Got my guy Stevie here. Stevie's got his own podcast. Stevie's got, you know, a whole bunch of stuff going on on his channel, but I'm going to let Stevie tell y'all about Stevie. Tell tell them people who you are, Stevie. Hey,
0: everybody. uh, It's Stevie Derrick. I am one-fourth of him podcast. I'm also the creator of Indie Artist Spotlight. I'm also the creator of Dear Y'all, uh, the advice uh, segment that's out here in the streets trying to give the girls the things that they need. Um, I'm from Long Island, New York, uh, born and raised in New York, uh, just been living, doing things and trying to make the community be known for better things. Let's say that. That's, that's the type of journey that I'm on.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. He's from New York. I'm from Jersey. So, you know, tri-state, you know, tri-state, um, you know, so we're going to jump right in. Um, <laughs> yeah every, I ask every, every single guest, when was your first encounter with your sexuality? So this isn't not necessarily about letting people in or coming out. Yeah. This is just, when did you first know like, Hey man, something's going on here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I want to say this, uh, in, 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 in full transparency, I want to say the age of five. Um, the age of five, I was I was kissing boys at the age of five. I just knew exactly what it was. I knew exactly what I was experiencing. I just knew that that who I was. Uh, I wasn't attracted to any little girls. Um, uh, although you know, growing up, I was you know trying to hide and get things out of the way just to protect myself. But at the age of five was the year that I knew that it was like, yeah, these boys are cute. I want to kiss boys. Uh, I think this is what I'm going to grow into. I'm going to get a husband and stuff like that. And I know people say like, at five, how could you think that? But look, these kids are really advanced these days. And I feel like I was at that time, one of those advanced kids just knowing exactly who I was. Um, yeah. And there were, you know, there was no way to hide it either, even though I tried really, really hard. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So so, um, did you, once you kind of discovered that uh what did the rest of your like school years look like were you out like were you just like living into that or did you have girlfriends like what was that for you elementary middle high school yeah
0: elementary school no girlfriends um I was just quietly crushing on boys. Um, there was no one to express that to. I would write in journals talking about boys, talking about, you know, I think this boy is cute and doing like the little hearts in the book and, and, and oh, we're gonna get married. These are all you know, the fantasies that I put in my mind just because I was attracted to guys. I just knew that this is exactly what I wanted, you know, who I was gonna end up with. Um, now through middle school and high school, that's when things got a little tough. And it was like, if I come out as who I am, there's a lot of factors that I have to remember that people are not ready for um And and that I probably have to defend myself because growing up there were a lot of queer bashings and people getting beat up. And granted, I am one with my hands, so I know how to handle my business. I know that's right. New York right.
1: and Jersey, New York Jersey. You already Wait. know what's
0: up. You already know. So Will slide, Smith wouldn't slap me.
1: <laughs> Will Smith wouldn't slap okay. me. And <laughs> live to tell the story. I'm
0: just right. saying. Um, you know, it, it was just a lot of protection that I was worried about. So I did date a few girls in middle school. I did date a few girls in high school. um And then in high school, it was just like, I cannot stay in this box anymore. Like I have to come out of this box. This is not what I need to be. This is not what I'm comfortable with. I'm already like dealing with guys, I guess, on the low. And it's just like, I can't live like this. Um, And it's my spirit is like stuck in a space that it doesn't need to be in. Because if I stay here, I'm never going to grow, you know what I'm saying? Or flourish or mature. So after 11th grade uh, is when I came out. 11th grade was the year. Um, the story is pretty much this. Uh, there was a lot of blockage in schools of uh, MySpace. Now, you know, MySpace was hot. Yeah. Hottest thing, hottest thing. Oh, yeah. Facebook and MySpace was that. Place. You could get that coding.
1: Um, you knew how to, you know what I'm saying? You could have that hot background, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the custom song. Oh, yeah. Top eight. Had people mad at you because they wasn't in yours. Like, what's going on? Bring it cool. Yeah. Man, crazy. Bring it
0: back. <laughs> So I, uh, there was a blockage in school, um, and w- at one point, they, it was something about the, the servers that had went down and unlocked the blockage. So I said, you know what, I went into the school library, I sat there, and I thought, I said, you know what, it's time for you to live in your authentic truth. It is time for that to be who you are. You are who you are. You have a lot of your peers that are coming out. My best friend had just came out and they were like, well, since y'all are best friends, we already know what your, you know, what your key is or what mm-hmm. you're going to give. So what, like, what's the holdup? So the Gabe blockage came you. off. <laughs> you yeah, gave you're like, y'all are already, okay, we were already like skipping around school and it was already giving what it gave, but it was just like, <laughs> we haven't just spoke, we haven't spoken up about right. We haven't just like, hey, this is what it is. So the blockage came off. And I went right to, right to my page. I changed my background to Everything Rainbow. I changed my display name to Too Many in the Closet. I had to come out. And I put Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out as my song. Oh, you now, had right the then, going. Of, oh, I was not. I was, I was tired. <laughs> okay? I was tired of living in the shadow of the, the, the set on set closet. I was mm-hmm. tired. It was getting suffocating. It was time for me to come out. So I did that. And again, I was very popular in high school. You know, just for being the class clown, also being very dramatic and just having everyone laughing and just being that person. So everyone had me as a friend on Facebook. I mean on, mm-hmm. on my space, excuse me. And they had me on there. And once I posted that, it was just like soon as I came out of the library, I swear to God, it was like a swarm of people, like, oh my God, we were really like we already knew, which I hate when people say like we right. already knew. I'm just like, well, what did you know? Right. Oh. <laughs> already knew we were waiting for you we were so excited for you to be into your truth you know and i was already in a gay group in school like they had like a safe space for queers and it was just like i was already in there and they had already heard mumbles and chatter and stuff like that So it was just like once i let that out everyone just came my way and was just like yo we're so happy for you being who you are and from that day forward the rest is history
1: (laughs) yeah what about (laughs) your parents (laughs) what about your parents how was the Um,
0: conversation with your parents so the conversation with my mom wasn't the best um me and my mom are really really close um, but when it came for me, when it came to me coming out, me and her had like you know <laughs> yeah. a power struggle. I will mm-hmm. say, um, uh, one of my family members was really, really pinning the Bible on me and telling me that being gay was not the way, and I want to go to hell. And luckily, throughout the years, our relationship has gotten better with that certain family member. But when the time was set, uh, I was uh, angry at her for asking me to do such a thing to cover who I
1: am. Yeah, and it just wasn't it wasn't fair to me. So.
0: After that- uh, What was that rooted in for her?
1: Was it just like, uh, is she church like a church and, and all that kind of stuff? So my
0: great-grandmother so my great grandmother was an evangelist. God mm, bless okay. her. She yeah. was an evangelist,
1: mm-hmm. but her
0: beliefs weren't that. Mm-hmm. And I think bel- when people get into church- they are I want to say influenced by the wrong people,, yeah. because everyone knows that the Bible doesn't say the things that people are saying about homosexuals. it's not there mm-hmm. and we and people have already brought that out to be the truth, yeah. so I think that that certain family member was stuck in the olden times, old olden sayings or you know scriptures of what they thought it was supposed to be, so that's what she tried to put on me. Yeah. Um, and it was and it was and it was it was a lot. It was very very suffocating. It was for me to be like angry all the time. I think I was lashing out on a certain friends due to what what I was living with and li- and had in my family. And my mom came to me and asked me, and I think we had already been having like some type of disagreement. And she came to me and was just like, "Are you gay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know, And you know, you know, like just b- like blasted, like mm-hmm. just going off on her. Um and that's not what I wanted because our relationship is, is tighter than that. My my outburst should have been towards a certain family member, but just so happened that she ended up being in the the line of fire, shall mm-hmm. I say. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we had that discussion. Um it was really, really heartbreaking. I believe I went to my best friend's house and like cried for a while. Like, I'm just like, I did not want that to be the situation that I had with yeah. my mom. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want that to be ours because our relationship was so, 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 so so tight. Like It was just like, why did I do that to her? Um, but as years went on, she's, she's so, so comfortable with it. She supports me in everything that I do. I, I think, I want to say that my has kind of made our relationship a little bit stronger just because I think one thing in her mind was that she wanted her child to be exactly who he was. With yeah. no with no filter, <laughs> no you know no closet in place, him just living as his authentic self. That's yeah. all she wanted. Um, so that from that situation, we just our bond has become so much tighter. Um, I I, I wouldn't change our relationship for the world. I think that with her support and me being who I am is what keeps me going. So yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you uh you're very free with your expression in terms of like you know clothes and you know uh just kind of define gender lines and stuff like that do you remember like the first time you wore like heels or uh, a pocketbook or like even like the sunglasses you have on like do you remember (laughs) those (laughs) don't hide I'm I'm current current, no I'm not I'm currently looking for my telphar bag I'm currently
0: looking for my telphar bag um so I believe the first time I ever I've never worn heels always wanted to. I think I want to do, like, a heel class or something like that, because, I listen, the girls come out in their heels, and they are inspiration to me, mm-hmm. So I'm just like, listen, if y'all could do it, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a huge inspiration. I haven't had the opportunity to do that. Um, I played in wigs a few times, just for, like, Halloween and stuff like that. I love a, I love a little lace. I think they're really, really dope. Um, as far as when I, like, started wearing pocketbooks or, like, a purse or, like, a little satchel or whatever, mm-hmm. I want to say it was probably, like, 21 or, like, mm-hmm. around 20 when I was, like, able to step into adulthood I think those are the years I mean in the club scene in New York was just like you have no choice but to fit the description and you have Mm -hmm. no choice but to pretty much follow the lead you got to step out if
1: you stepping out you got to step out (laughs)
0: you have to step out fully there's no there's no half stepping there's no half stepping when it comes to living in New York and being in the club scene so a lot of that inspiration came into me and 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 had me do what I needed to do, I felt comfortable wearing a little bag on my side. I felt comfortable wearing the tightest shirt or the tightest jeans, and if I felt like wearing a Chelsea boot that was an inch higher than normal, I was able to feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I th- and I had a lot to give to the, the the gay scene in New York. They are a huge inspiration. I think a lot of people pull from the gay scene in New York when it comes to fashion, and just seeing themselves and living in their truth. Um, yeah, they uh, that that was you know that was the timing for me. Once I started hitting the clubs, it was just like. Yeah, this weekend I'm gonna go
1: buy a purse and it's time <laughs> for me to put the purse on <laughs> right do you think that mm-hmm. um living in a big city because like you know I grew up in Jersey which I mean Jersey's yeah. big enough but it's not it's obviously not New uh-huh. York right but yeah. uh if like people sometimes if you don't live on the east coast you don't understand how close they are like Philly Jersey and New York so right I there. know <laughs> right there but I know like it seemed for me at least a little bit easier to kind of uh express yourself younger when you have so much like so many fashion influences or like different types of people that look people look different and stuff like that because I remember even going to New York to go shopping like but I was on the side of like wearing jerseys and, and sneakers and New York always had you know all the latest stuff you go to Jimmy Jazz in Harlem like you can it's so easy just to you know grab what you need Do you feel like it was a lot easier for you to transition into like, okay these are the things that I I feel comfortable expressing myself with because you lived in such a diverse area?
0: Yeah, I definitely did. Um, Here's the thing. Again, when you step into New York, you have no choice to be influenced because it's everywhere. And even when you feel like you're in spaces that you're uncomfortable, there's one person that's going to be like, you know what? There it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what I need. This is, this is it. This is where the heart is. This is exactly what influenced me to be exactly who I am. Because this person is walking in their confidence. This person is just like, I don't give a damn who feels the way about this on the train or feels this way. They're walking in their truth. And that is the most important part. Um, and the diversity in New York, you have no choice but, the, again, to be influenced by it. It's yeah. there. It's not going anywhere. It's not, it's not, I, I want to say it was a point in time where people wanted to like silence it out. There is no silencing it out. Yeah, no. You cannot quiet it because no. there's always one more confident than the other. It might be a quiet, you know, queer boy sitting on the train and like, oh, I don't want my queerness to be seen because maybe somebody will do something. And then once the next stop of the train stops, there is somebody walking on that train like, hey, everybody, it's me. I, I, Platform heels,
1: just so, ready to roll.
0: so <laughs> start, little wig, a little face beat is giving very much of the things that New York gives. So yeah, we, do, we are a little privileged here. Um, and I do feel very, very sorry for all of the kids that live in spaces that they can't be themselves mm-hmm. because I had the privilege of being in a state where gay is here um, and we're not being quiet and we're not silencing. We're doing praise, we're doing marches. We're doing all of these things to make it so that they know
1: what's up. Yeah, Yeah. 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 How do you, um, do you ever deal with people like referring to you as a girl or like referring to you with more feminine pronouns? And is that, do you find that offensive? Because I think, you know, you obviously are, you're, you're a man. Right. And, but you like feminine inspired things. And yeah. uh, how do you balance that? Like, in terms of being a man, but then also, you know, like, I know, like, for me, I always say, like, I get referred to as a guy all the time. Like, it happens all the time. Yeah. And naturally, people just see me, I'm tall, I'm like 5'10", and I'm, you know, I'm not a small girl Stand at height, all. Yeah, I got my hat, you mm-hmm. know, I wear my fitted, my sweatshirts, whatever. Yeah. So it doesn't offend me when it happens. And, and usually people, once they load my profile, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, and I'm like, eh, it is what it is. Yeah. How do you, how yeah. do you manage those types of, and, I, and there are people who are like, I'm a woman, don't mess it up, you know, but you know, for me, I'm just not that it, it, it's not that serious for me personally, but like, how do you yeah. manage that? So I just want to start by saying that my pronouns are he, him, she. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I have
0: no issue with anyone uh-huh. referring to me as a girl um, because I think that I've taken control over the word or anything yeah. that, that was negative, you know, attached a, a negative attachment to it. Um, it's just not me. Uh, I love it. You call me what you want. If I'm girl, I'm sis. I'm that. I, I love I it. There's there is Auntie. No auntie. Call me auntie. Right, look, I'm your auntie. If you need me to be your auntie, young ones, I will be your auntie. It's not a problem. Uncles yes. too. I don't care. Right. Um, there's no, there's no problem in that with me um you can call me she I've actually put it on all of my social media it's he him she it's her it's me it's who I am it's what I'm living in and it doesn't offend me at all um and it never will it never will offend me because it's just like I know what I identify as and I'm comfortable you know what I'm yes. saying there's people who aren't comfortable there are people who are not comfortable at all at, at, at living in that but mm-hmm. me personally I'm good
1: yeah it's no just you know it, yeah it is and I think um That's good to hear because I think it's a balance, right? I I know, I feel like there's this huge narrative around like, you know, uh, queer people that like, oh, you know, queer people are sensitive. And I think we are sensitive to offensive things, like yes, 100%, but I think that within the community, there's a a large diversity of people who are not offended by everything, right? And there are some people Mm -hmm. who are like, don't call me he, don't call me she, call me they, or call me, you know, call me he, make sure you get it right. And then there are some of Mm -hmm. us, you and I, who are like, you know, there, we would just, we would focus on, you know, something else. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. we, we would just put the energy into something else. And I think you need it all. Just like you need Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, you need uh, people who are like standing on the pronouns and you need people who are like, okay, y'all stand on the pronouns. We gonna go stand on something else over here. Right. So I think you need it all. Um, so that's good to hear that, you know, you, um, I, 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 you know, I, I identify with that as a woman, I identify with, with what you're saying. Come on, um, Come on. what made you become an influencer? Like, what was that, uh, for you in terms of, well, for one, and I also want to hear about like, you know, your, uh, interest in music and stuff like that. But what was that initial, yeah. um, step for you into becoming an influencer?
0: Um, so I got a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop by saying that. And I, and, and I, and I have a personality that kind of controls. You know what I mean? Everyone knows that I'm in the room. Um, and I felt like in myself, the words that I use, um, and activity that's going on around in the world, I wanted to be the voice that was on more set of the positive. Um, anything that's negative can be turned into a positive. 100%. I just want to say that really, really 100%. quickly. Anything that's anything, anything that's negative can be turned into a positive. So with with that, I took it upon myself to I first wanted to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> the most difficult thing in the world. I don't know who's listening, but YouTube is very difficult. Okay. Um, I took it upon myself to self start my own YouTube and just talk about things that were going on kind of like pop culture and stuff like that. And that didn't work as the way I wanted it to work. Um, I felt like I had more of a personal level, not too much of celebrity gossip and things that were going on. I had more of a, let me influence you on being a better person, okay? Because mm-hmm. I'm also working on being a better person. So it was not just a journey for me. It, was a, it wasn't it was just a journey for me to tell people, it also was a journey for myself. So it was just like, I was helping me by helping others. Yeah. Um, and I just took it upon myself to start creating, like, little things on social media and, like, voicing my opinion and, and making sure people know that they can have a great day. Um, and it just, it just happened over time. I think when I first started Twitter in 2009, it was a little different. It was me starting the YouTube, and I was just like, yeah, let me be a little messy. And, and I was like, wait a minute, messy is really not my thing. So let me bring it back to where, where what's missing on social media. There it was know. missing that influence, that queer influence that was missing. Um, and I took it upon myself to be the queer influencer. There are a lot of people out here doing it, but I want to respectfully say that no one's doing it like me.
1: <laughs> you better let them know. Yeah, them know. they're not doing it like me. No that's way. right. That, that's no the way. confidence. No way. It's that confidence. Yeah. You gotta have it. Mm-hmm. You gotta have it. So on yeah, the um, on the him podcast, yes. how'd you guys yes. get started? Um, and what are some of the things that you guys talk about?
0: Whew. Okay. So this has been such a long journey. Um, first of all, I want to shout out my, uh, the members of the podcast, Malik, Laquan, and Aaron, um, and, our, and, our, and the, uh, the members who have departed, Trey and Aaron. Um, so the podcast started with uh, Malik. Malik is the creator of Him Podcast. He had reached out to me, uh, Trey, and Aaron, of, who were formerly a part of the podcast and asked us about being a part of a podcast. Malik was a part of a podcast that didn't work out and he wanted to create his own. Um, so me just being the social media person that I am, he said, you have a personality for this. I want you to be a part of my podcast. And I tell this story all the time. I said, I turned Malik down when he asked me. Mm-hmm. I said, absolutely not. I don't think that I have that type of, I don't, that panel discussion type of personality. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. I, I'm gonna turn it down. Um, so I sat with myself and I was just like, you know what? There is someone who's gonna take whatever I say about whatever topic we talk about and be inspired from it mm-hmm. or buy it. You know what I mean? And I was just like, there's someone out there just like Stevie, there's a little Stevie out there yeah, or there's a Stevie who hasn't really started feeling himself or feeling he or herself, whatever pronoun you, you identify with, they weren't feeling it yet. Yeah. And, and, and I would be the voice for that. So I, I sat and I thought and I said to Malik, you know what, um, let's do it. Um, we, we started in 2000. Oh my God, these years are going so fast. I want to say we started in 2018 um, or 2019 around that time is when we first started the podcast. We got together, we had like a, a little meeting about what we were going to talk about. And the things that we talk about now or have been talking about for years are homophobia in the barbershop, one of the topics we talked about, mental health. We could not escape sex everyone wants to know about sex uh we talked about family uh life growing up we talked about pop culture of uh, in certain um topics we were just really really authentic in letting us letting our stories or whatever how we felt about topics come out um and malik that's exactly what he wanted for the podcast now granted you can't see that in the beginning you really can't see someone's vision in the beginning until you're in it yeah that's when the vision really starts to play out and become something really 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 powerful so he took it upon himself to have us in there we've recorded over 156 episodes uh we've been That's going amazing. for almost four four years it's, it's been so amazing um one of the really really powerful things because it was a point in time i'll be honest that i wanted to leave the podcast um because i just didn't feel like i was fitting i just feel like my personality was a lot for some people to handle and i think about that all the time but as, as as a mature adult, I, I've learned to let go of that. But in those certain spaces, a certain conversation we were having, I was just like, mm, I don't know if I fit in here. So there was an email that came from a listener, and he said, "Um, I believe it was our mental health episode. Um, he was in the he was in the midst of committing suicide. He was right there, and he was listening to our podcast." In that podcast, the episode, whatever we spoke about in in that mental health episode, because Lord, it was a long time ago, I have to go back and revisit. But something on the conversation stopped him from committing suicide. Mm. He wrote us an email and told us, "Thank you guys for saving my life." I said, "From this day forward, every time it's time to record, I'm pulling up to that mic." Yes, I don't care seriously. What we're
1: talking about. seriously. I'm coming, to yeah, work,
0: yeah, it's yeah, coming to do yeah. the work.
1: That yeah yeah, that's awesome uh I think yeah. that's so amazing and shout out to y'all for that because I I know it's it, it's sometimes you take it for granted that like yes. you're so out <laughs> you know yeah. like I think we take it yeah. for granted sometimes that it's truly a privilege you know people are really uh locked up in in you know uh Hurting. in prison yeah. to their sexuality you know something that's yeah. so it, easy it's, for us Easy for us. It's, you know, yeah, yeah, but everybody has their own struggle. Right. And um, yeah. just using your voice. And that's that's awesome, man. And I mean, that Our was a part boy. of the reason why, you know, we started this. Uh, this show was just sharing stories. You know, for us, it's just about yeah. I just want people to see themselves in somebody. I'm not everybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm me. There's yeah. a bunch of girls that identify with me, but there's a lot of people in the world. And I'm like, we there's so many people like
0: it, sure. you can relate really? to
1: somebody you know if you can find yourself Absolutely. in somebody that could mm-hmm. be the thing That's that it. helps free somebody you know you um, so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's incredible I mean like even Niecy Nash and uh, I got an episode coming up and um, the guest yeah. talks about how Niecy Nash was a huge influencer for her you know in terms of her story and like obviously she was married before and just popped out like hey Hey! <laughs> uh, t- like took the whole world by storm, right? But okay. I mean yeah. all those stories are important because somebody identifies with all of that, you know. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep doing what y'all doing. Um Thank you. you talk uh I forget where um I forget which how long ago it was, but um yes. you talk about therapy um Ooh. and the importance of therapy. What's been Ooh. your what's been your journey uh with therapy? Therapy. I I I I said this in the
0: beginning of every podcast episode. Every time Malik does a little check-in with us, I say therapy is changing my life, Mm -hmm. and I have I want to say self-proclaimed, but a lot of people are telling me that since I'm doing my mental health threads, I am now a mental health advocate. (laughs) And another crown is placed on my head. Um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey. Um, it's been very very important. For me to get on this journey, um just because it was a lot of things that I was trying to battle on my own, uh especially with family, and just living in a space that I've been living in for a long time I've been at home for thirty years uh I've been here and it's 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 been me solving a lot of home problems uh I currently have a mom who's not well, so I have been like a caretaker to her. I also have a sister who has two children I have a dad i just I just a lot of things that have fallen on my back that I've had to take on yeah. and I had been ignoring the fact that I needed therapy, but I also was influencing people to get it. So I was kind of living in a hypocritical life. I was just like, yeah, go get therapy. Every time we spoke about it on the podcast, I was like, yeah, therapy's the way to go. Woo, therapy. And I was sitting at home like, so when are you going to start going? <laughs> When are you going to start unlocking Mm -hmm. that? When are you going to start making the steps of not just telling people what to do and doing it yourself? So um, I believe it was November. I don't remember the date. I'm going to have to look it up. But November 20, I want to say November nineteenth was the day that I started therapy. Don't fact check me, people. But listen, I started in November of uh, last year. Um, And uh, I just Went to my first session. And I feel like when you go to therapy, you just start you just start falling out. Like, I got this going on. And the yeah. therapist pretty much had to like humble me, like, listen, let's let's start with one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. start with what really brought you to the therapy. And I just told her, like, yeah, I just need to fix my life. I'm about to be 30, uh, 31 next year. And I'm just like, I need to to, to better my life and, and and start prop and start finding out ways to solve problems better than I've already been solving them. So I think, cause a lot yeah. of problems you think that you have solved and the way that you go about it might be a little damaging a little traumatic to other people. So you got to fix your, fix your house before you step into someone 100%. else's house. There it is, yeah. So therapy's just been an amazing journey. And I, I openly advocate for everyone. If you can get the opportunity to get it. I know therapy is expensive but there are some new, new resources out here on these streets. Mm-hmm. If you girls do the
1: research, you can get therapy for free. Cause I am. <laughs> yeah, no, you absolutely can't. I, 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 I advocate for therapy. I go to therapy. I yeah. love my therapist. He's a, yes. a gay man with two kids and Ooh. he is very much honest with me. And we talk yeah. about everything, you know? Um, Come on. and I know if for like, even for me, my, uh, my journey, with uh, therapy started as because I'm an only child, and I'm not Ooh. an only child. I'm not the only child. Oh, the oldest. I'm sorry. Oldest. Okay. Um, and you know when you're oldest. No no no, you. no, 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 <laughs> no. Not not only old, oldest. I have uh, okay. two younger sisters. Got, you. Got you. Um, and you Got know you. there's a lot that you take on as an older. Sibling as the oldest. And um, it started with that and creating boundaries and releasing myself of, of, of responsibilities that I'd some placed on me, some were placed on me, having a teen mom and um mm-hmm. you know releasing some of that and then you know we started going into just you know the work of you know yourself and you know becoming better and to your point you you uncover things that you thought <laughs> you were good with and I had like control uh, yeah you know they start asking mm-hmm. you real simple questions like were you able to express yourself as a child and you're like hmm do you, do you, do you, see, do you see the problem? Right. Right. Do you see the, problems in the things that you do, do you see, exactly. do you see how you were wrong? You, right. You're so convinced you know, about how they did that, I but did what about it. you? You know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the, the exercise for your, for your mind, right? Like exercise for your, your, your mental, getting those tools. And a lot of times, you know, you just get You just get information, like you get a lot of tools to deal with things as they come up in your life. So, I definitely advocate for that. So keep that keep that going because people definitely uh, need to know that. You know, it's not it's not taboo. It's not you know this like something's wrong with me if I go. Like it's just really about getting the tools to be better, right? To live the life that you want to tap into your higher self. Oh. Put it like that <laughs> Come on, give no, them. It's awesome. It's give awesome. them the tools. Yeah, yeah for sure. Love uh, that. Advocate advocates for therapy for sure.
0: Yeah,
1: um, uh, we were talking a little earlier, and um, or before we get into that, uh, you also have the indie artist spotlight.
0: uh
1: so are you an artist? And how if if you are, you know, what kind of music? And then um, how did you get started with the spotlight? Okay, so this
0: this is probably one of the emotional segments because I love this segment so much. It's it's like near and dear to my heart. Um, So I am a singer-songwriter. I do sing and I do songwrite. I just put out, uh, I collaborated with my dear friend, Antoine. His name is Sad Boy, him and Warren Dumas. We have collaborated on a song called Truths on his project um so that was my that was like my real introduction but i've been writing music since i was a kid i've also been in poetry uh my great grandmother really really wanted me to push push me to be a poet and i was just like no i want to be something else i don't know if that poetry is my lane great grandma nana i love you but i don't think that that's my lane um but i I would write a, a few things down and just jot them down and sing songs and take lyrics from other music and and like create my own harmonies and stuff like that. And it was just like, uh, yeah, music is a little hard. I ended up trying to go to college for music. Didn't really work out because they want you to play an entire piano piece to graduate. And I was just like, listen, I got the voice. I don't really know about that piano. This is not Alicia Keys. <laughs> right. um, that's, I don't want to play the piano. Yeah. Um, so I had to leave that alone. But um, as far as the uh, this segment, it was, I have to give a shout out to Eerie Music. Um, they are a queer group that we had on the podcast and they had a project that came out called uh niggas in brooklyn um All right and now. they were looking okay. <laughs> they were looking for someone to to interview them for for a segment that they had i guess they were putting on the project and like give them like you know q and a questions and just interview them in that and i was the one they reached out to right after they did the the podcast episode they dm me like hey we think you'll be great for her. and another another moment of me being against myself, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know, you know, you you doubt yourself. So I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And another bell clicked off. Like, what are you saying? You're on yeah. a podcast. You interview people all the time. What, what 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 is that? So I ended up telling them yes. Uh, we went. O- I went over and I interviewed them, and I came back home and I said, you know what? I've always wanted to be like a red carpet correspondent. I always wanted to interview celebrities. I always wanted to do something. Why don't I go to where I am in the queer community? Create the table. These, uh, create make the, the table, build the table, okay. they set the table till you put it together. There you Let's go. go. What are you doing? Um, so I, I took it upon myself to create indie artist spotlight. Um, I reached out to a few artists. I just put out like a whole little PR thing like, hey, I'm looking for indie artists to support and promote. I've created this business. I think that it'll be really, really great. I already have the following. I have that, I have the people following me. So I think that this would be great for artists to come and join and me promote them. And I guess be like their PR team or the promotional team and work with us and create different avenues for you guys for their music to be heard. So I took it by myself, created a playlist, started interviewing, I've interviewed over 30 artists already. Um, some, some are in the works because they have to finish their projects. Um, and it was just, and now since I've I've done that and created this, I have gotten so much amazing feedback. Like so many artists are reaching back to me and like, yo, you made my music go here, or you've had me interact and start. And then some of the artists were actually working together. Like Antoine, I mean, I'm um, sorry, Sad Boy and, um, orange didn't even know each other i brought them together and they started making projects and i ended up being on the project riding with them and so they're discovering people through
1: your uh spotlight Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah Yeah. it's incredible
0: yeah 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 definitely my definitely my baby project i am so proud of the things that i've done with it and so proud of the artists that are flourishing from it and also just staying you know moving shaking doing the things that they do i i I look back at them and, and the interviews that we've done i'm just like yo where you were then because some of the some of the interviews were years back and now they're like flourishing and doing showcases and all that I'm just like wow this is amazing yeah Yeah, definitely uh, an amazing project yeah that's
1: awesome man for sure man but keep keep doing keep doing that work and uh you know thank you I I I I so appreciate it personally um and as somebody who's you know coming to this space very recently uh you know it's been (laughs) amazing very welcoming just people show so much love so I I appreciate you um yeah if you could, if you had a, a theme song for your life, what would it be? Ooh!
0: <laughs> if I had a theme song for my life, mm-hmm. oh, this might be, this might be a little cringy, but well, not cringy because you know, she is, she is who we, she is. And she isn't a part of the community. I would say the theme song of my life would probably be "That's So Raven. <laughs> mm. I think that would be the theme song of my life because I feel like certain times of my life I have been Raven Baxter and I have been going through things that are just like, what the hell is going on? Like you know, like just she was very, she's very very quirky, very kooky, and just like expressive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I identify with. So everything that she kind of showed on the show or the way the theme song just goes, I think that I identify with that. Um, and that's yeah, shout awesome. out to her because she's like you know amazing. Yeah, love Raven, love Raven, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah.
1: man. Well, we have reached the end. Um, yeah. And I asked everybody one piece of advice you would give to somebody going through their own journey. Mm. Uh,
0: this is as simple as I can say it. Uh, never be afraid to be yourself. Um, you're going to be in spaces where you feel uncomfortable. It's going to come, come come to a point where you have to break that wall down. It's going to. And if you don't force yourself through it now, you never will. So be who you are standing your truth and just be the person that you are unapologetically. And as I say, always authentic, always (laughs) keep it that way. Always authentic. Yes. That's amazing. Tell the people where they can find you. Ooh, you guys can find me on all social media at stevie derrick underscore currently working on getting that underscore taken because i think steven stevie derrick is more professional but that's in the works stevie derrick on all social media i'm on everything just type in stevie derrick i promise i will be the only one that pops
1: up. awesome man well thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate you good luck with everything Absolutely. my prayers are with yes. you and, and congratulations your on the show thank you thank congratulations. you congratulations appreciate you um This is another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one.